0: You might think that we're working the system here because I want to say, Josh Helmer, three Monday, Thursday, Friday, I feel like we were on the road for the five days last week, but three of the five days on the road last week with the show today here at the trails again on a monday some of you might say man you're really working the system to get as many days at the golf course as you possibly can to which i would say you're right but win in rome win in rome and we're kicked back relaxed enjoying an absolutely gorgeous day here and as we say good morning to Josh Helmer what's going on Josh what is going on? Good morning, my friend. How was
1: your weekend? Big 12 champs?
0: Yeah, Big 12 champs. How about that? We um, we knew that it was trending in a good position for the Sooners to have things taken care of with the struggles that Oklahoma State has had over the last couple of weeks in softball. Um, I didn't realize we'd go into Sunday's a game and nothing would be essentially – necessary (laughs) you know they already had clinched it by the time saturday night had wrapped up boy man there were some people mad at me on saturday because the tv broadcast i said hey they've clinched a share of their 11th straight big 12 title and had a couple of people on the book of faces and on twitter.com or as some like to say the bird app and they were very quick to say, "Dave clinched it outright." Don't you? You need to follow. Dave. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, the we we weren't aware that Oklahoma State had lost to Texas Tech until that game was over. So I I, I understand that by the time maybe you caught some highlights, I know I that it's just some some people just want to be angry. I've never really understood that, and. They clinched their 11th straight Big 12 title probably once the season started with the way things were looking here in 2023. But once Oklahoma State was upset by Texas Tech and that ensured that OU wouldn't have the potential for four losses and a sweep to Oklahoma State, then yes, yes, they became the outright title. So they'd clinch it. In fact, uh, Brett Yormark had sent Patty Gasso a congratulatory note at some point on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. So we didn't know, Josh, at the time our broadcast concluded on Saturday that it was already outright. But the way this team has played, I mean, there's there's one game that you look back at and they were kind of in a tough situation. Well, maybe may, I would say maybe two. The Saturday game against Texas – Took the late rally and the walk-off home run by Jada Coleman. That was one. I I was very uncomfortable in the second game last Saturday against Baylor. I thought Dari Orm kind of really hit her flow. But outside of that, I mean, this is a team that's just been – they've been clicking on all cylinders. They've been dominant. And can I use maybe a, a, a phrase that – not the most popular thing for some but Josh when I watch this team it just really feels like they're having fun. Like I'm watching a team that's out there and they're having fun and they're enjoying every moment. So that's been a that's been a really cool thing with this team in 2023 for me. How about so I got to celebrate a Big 12 title. What was what was your weekend all about, Josh? What was the big big thing in Josh Helmer's world outside of all of these Iowa Hawkeyes getting drafted?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a busy weekend uh, in that respect. For sure, busy weekend for for Oklahoma in the uh, NFL draft. We've got some interesting landing spots we can talk about there. Yesterday, dude was uh, all about getting a little uh, getting a little sunburn. I was out watching my uh, you know obviously my oldest brother Danny and his family. They live in Northwest Arkansas, so I don't get to see them all the time. Right, but uh, my nephew was in town for a nine u baseball tournament that was Aww. an all day thing from. Uh, from out in uh, Choctaw, so that, that was fun. I went and watched a little, uh, little 9U baseball. Their team's really good for 9U.
0: Did it get competitive? Did you have to tell some parents to pipe down oh, or anything of that nature?
1: I mean, come on. That's basically a guarantee. The way these fans just berate <laughs> these umpires, that get paid
0: nothing. You, you want to feel a little bit better about how maybe you yourself act – and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of talking about my, myself, me personally, uh, but if you want to feel a little bit better about maybe, A, how you act online or at certain games, go to a youth baseball or softball game. Then immediately you're like, okay, I'm good. I, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. I mean, you could probably have rest in peace, Don Dakinger, or I don't know. Give me another very famous umpire. It's not like clicking off the top of my head. You can give me any of those, and if they were out there calling the game, they would still be trash in most little league slash travel <laughs> ball parents' minds. Yes. What the late great Eric Gregg is out there? Oh, he's garbage, garbage. Well, that's cool, man. How do how they do? Did they win? Did you say that? and I completely zoned out on it.
1: No, you no, know, no, I didn't. Uh, they did. They played great. They uh, they got all the way to the championship, but they lost the uh, championship game last night. So they played, I think, s- the maximum seven games mm-hmm. out of uh, the past three days. So they were, uh, I mean, it's travel ball. They they were busy, busy.
0: I think I got my favorite tweet that I've ever had sent to me this morning, Josh. Um, I I don't know, and Bill, I. I don't know, Bill Perrin, but I was cracking up because I had tweeted. Have you noticed people that reply to a tweet from like three weeks ago, and yet they're very confident about either A, their statement they're making, or B, and you're like, that was like three weeks ago. I don't even know what you're talking about right now.
1: Life has moved on. That that tweet doesn't even matter anymore.
0: So this morning I was up fairly early, and – Back on April nineteenth, um, I had retweeted. I thought I thought it was Joey's bracketology, but it was some guy named Brian Clinton. And I don't know if we like Brian or not, but I just retweeted his bracketology. Uh, April nineteenth, Josh. For uh, for kind of comparison purposes, it is May first, which means you're going to see a lot of Justin Timberlake on your timeline today. Uh, our our pal, our buddy, our girl, Brooke, has been all over that. I think it's Brooke's favorite joke. I do. I do. And I'm not lying. It's pretty high up there on me whenever it's going to be May. And it is May 1st. But I tweeted that on April 19th, and, and Bill replied to it this morning and said, oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, but it's a great question. It's a great question. He, he writes, how do you know that yet? And I'm just, I mean, th- this was April 19th. When that tweet was thrown out. He's replying to it on May first. Let me just let me just tell you, I get more <laughs>
1: negative comments on bracketology pieces oh I do. Gosh. It's uh people get angry. It's it, too soon for that. It's like well <laughs> I'm just passing along, with, just along with passing along I'm what somebody just, else wrote.
0: I, I kinda of felt like replying and being like, I don't. It's just a, it's just a link but then I didn't want to have to wait three more weeks for this guy to reply to me by the time we're two weeks into the tournament. But (laughs) the truth being, I mean, all all in fun, it's it's fun to start looking at bracketology for softball, not because you don't think Oklahoma's going to host or be the number one seed, but it's always interesting to see where that top eight is now. Then, of course, eight through 16, it feels as if, and maybe this is just a me thing, I feel like every year they're trying to find somebody in that top sixteen, or maybe I should rephrase that, at sixteen, who's really going to be a problem for the Sooners. And I'm I'm starting to think more and more, Josh, that whenever it comes time for the field to be announced, let's see. So not this come um, two weeks from Sunday, because next week's bedlam. Following week's big – oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, a week from Sunday because the, the uh, field is announced on the weekend of the conference tournaments, even though the Pac-12 doesn't have one. Uh, I'm starting to think more and more they're going to put Wichita State in that 16. I really do. I think Wichita State's going to be that team at 16. And I think they're going to e- – either Wichita State or Oregon is the team that I'm thinking they're going to put at 16 uh, because if anything that – if we've learned anything – the NCAA tournament, both men's and women's, uh, we've seen it in baseball before. They might say, they being the selection committees involved, that, oh, yeah, we don't really look at what those second-round matchups could potentially be outside of the conferences and seating the teams. But I'm here to tell you right now, they know that Missy Lombardi's at Oregon. They know that she coached at Oklahoma for a really long time. And they know that it would be something else to get Oklahoma and Oregon in a super regional. So I've got three teams kind of earmarked that I'm keeping an eye on for that maybe 16 seed right now, and that's Wichita State, Oregon, and and maybe Arkansas, uh, who I think has a chance to. That could completely change for Arkansas if they beat Tennessee, because that could come. They they what? uh, They're playing the third game in that series today. Yeah, and it's split at a game apiece. So that'll be worth keeping an eye on. But I, I love the college bracketology right now for softball. And it, in the end, there's not anyone that I look at and say, really kind of worry about that a little bit, or I don't want to see that team. But I was talking to uh, the big O, Jerry Ostrowski, up in Tulsa uh, a little bit yesterday, and he said he thought – of of all the teams that he's seen come through, Wichita State is the most Oklahoma-like team that he's seen. So I'm I'm excited to see Wichita State this weekend. They went up and swept a series from Tulsa, including a tight two-zip game. Um, they've got a big series coming up this weekend. I'm really excited to get to the 918 and see this Tulsa team, even though they've struggled a bit this year. But maybe more specifically, see how. Uh, the fans respond. I know there is a great passion for Sooners softball all across the state of Oklahoma, but we don't get to Tulsa very often. It's usually every other year, so I'm really pumped that we get an opportunity to see uh, not just Tulsa, but this the, the fans from Tulsa get a chance to to see the Oklahoma Sooners. And, and then it's Bedlam this weekend. You know, Oklahoma State has not played well the last few weeks. They have not played well, um, but in the end, they've, they've got to find a way to, to get things right, and they still, despite losing the second game of the series on Saturday, still won two out of three from Texas Tech. So Oklahoma State hosting our hosting the Sooners Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Josh is going to be an awesome weekend, and you might say, well, nothing's at stake. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Oklahoma State's got a scratch and claw. I know their RPI at last check was still top five, but Oklahoma State's got a scratch and claw to try to stay in that top eight so, they can not only host the regional, but be in position to host uh, a potential super regional. And for Oklahoma, you know, Coach Gasso said it in her post game comments, Josh. She just wants this team to continue to play its best. So, um, I got to tell you something, man. I am all kinds of fired up about this weekend coming up. I think it's going to be a blast.
1: Nothing's at stake outside of the fact that the postseason's right around the corner and you're trying to defend a national championship. And, oh, by the way, it's Bedlam. So, yeah, no, nothing's at stake. From, from the Big 12 championship standpoint, hey, I, I get it. But this is the time of the year where you're trying to peak and play your best. So, absolutely, Oklahoma's got that to focus themselves upon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so let's get our first break of the show, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about the NFL draft. It, this is somewhat of, dare I say, a special day. For the show, and if you've been with us for a while, you know why. Uh, The Norman Board of Realtors has their annual golf tournament, and they do it every year here at the Trails. We're out here at the Trails on this Monday in order to celebrate not just the Norman Board of Realtors, but also Josh Helmer, what they do and and how they give back to the community and how important this is for the Norman School District. And the reason why it's special for us – because this was the first ever remote that we did in in the show's history, they sent us out on a Monday to come here. We uh, got to hang out with all of the great people, uh, Dan Quinn, our buddy. Uh, Katrina Heim's going to come on with us a little bit later on in the show, but they have uh, they have live auction. Well, not live. What am I trying to say? Silent auction items that are that are available today. Tons of baskets that you can choose from. Uh, you can come on out and check them out. You can buy. And and by the way, they're not even. Uh, silent auction items. You can swing by and buy a ticket and put yourself in the drawing for this. Tickets are one for five dollars. They have five tickets for twenty bucks. You don't have to be playing in the tournament to be a part of that. You can learn more at uh, normanboardofrealtors.org or search Norman Board of Realtors on Facebook. But we appreciate them having us out, and we're pumped to be here to help promote up this big event and what the Norman Board of Realtors do for the city and the school district of Norman. Quick break. We're back to talk draft next on the ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're on the road to the Trails Golf Club in Norman with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Thanks for spending part of your Monday morning with us. You ready for all my draft grades, Josh? All one through thirty-two. Let's go. By the way, you are right. I I am. I was incorrect on one front, and Sean called me on and I apologize. I uh, reminds me. Coleman tied it up. Hansen walked them off. Don't slight the Hansen. Listening to post game Saturday, will OU be at Love's Field for the twenty twenty four season? Great question. Um, everything that I have been told and everyone who talks to me, which is basically Coach Gasso and Toby Baldwin. <laughs> Well, Pat. Pat does and Jack, Jackie tolerates me. But from everything that I've seen, that was the final regular season home game at Marina Hinesfield. And if it's... If they happen to have to play a couple of maybe early season games there, because it's a very aggressive construction timeline for Love's Field, so if they happen to play some early games, I would feel confident at least in saying Josh, it was the it was the very last Big 12 regular season game that they would ever play there. So you'll have the Norman Regional, you'll have the Super Regional, but from an expectation level, those should be the last, let's see what should it be? Three to win the regional, two to win the super regional, five games that we would see at Marita Hinesfield. But I will say that does seem like a very aggressive timeline, does it not? Maybe. You know, I Yeah, I guess I guess I'm the, I don't know either. I'm not a I'm not a construction guy. I mean I thought, but that's, it just, I thought that's kind of
1: what uh, the the hope and the expectation was.
0: Good. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I love being outside. I love sitting amongst you people. Makes my day. Makes my day. But I'm okay with getting a booth. I would like to have a little place I can call home for the If I mean, and again, I'm assuming a lot. I'm assuming I'm going to get to call softball games next year. But how about this? For whomever is calling softball next year, um, I would – I would hope that you could have a little area that you can kind of make home where you can, put your, you can put your rosters and tape them on the wall, not literally sit there and hope that the wind doesn't blow it into the next stratosphere. Is that being a little bit of a prima donna, or is it okay to claim that I would like to have a home radio booth? Or whomever is calling games next year, I would like for them to be able to have a home radio booth, right? Not,
1: not prima donna. Okay. Ish at all. No. Uh, makes perfect sense. You, you you deserve that. And Oklahoma I'm, softball deserves right.
0: that. I'm 48 years old, okay? I Being out in the sun, even with protection, now I have to start worrying about, oh, no, what color is that mold turning, right? We're getting that age. Got to watch out. Mm-hmm. Can't be in the sun. Can't be exposed. But, yeah, I was, uh, thanks for bringing that up, Sean. Thanks for reminding me. But that's the goal. That's the absolute goal. End up. In, in Love's field by the start of the 24th season. And I don't – you know, I haven't really asked. Someone Someone brought it up this week and they asked, hey, who do you think will be the, the first game? Have you heard any rumors? I haven't. I haven't heard a thing. That's a great question. I don't know if, you know, you look at it and say, would it be cool to open with like an Oklahoma State in a non-conference game there? Would it be cool to see if a UCLA would want to come to Norman and play a series there? I don't I don't know. Would it be would it be cool to just say, hey, let's bring let's bring the state slash region schools around and let's do that what we've talked about. Have OSU come and have Arkansas come and have Tulsa come and invite Wichita State down and do kind of a nice little region round Robin. I, I don't know. But I, I think once this season wraps up We'll start ramping up conversations about, and, and again, like I said, I'm, I'm not in on any of these conversations. I would assume they've already been had and they're well down the road. But yeah, I would imagine they would want to make a, um. They would want to make a, a good deal, a big deal, a massive deal over that first game. All right, um, softball takes hit me up on uh, the, Knipple Chevrolet text line, man. Welcome in. Meyer Chevrolet, pumped to have you guys on board. You know, it took me a while as a NASCAR fan when Elliott Sadler went from being uh, sponsored by, by M&Ms to being sponsored by Best Buy and Dodge, right? So sometimes you've got to adjust your gear. Whenever Kyle Busch went from M&Ms to what is he this year? I don't even know off the top of my head what what uh, Kyle Busch's sponsor is. But we've got a new sponsor, new paint scheme for the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We are pumped to have them on board. And it's great to see someone that's so involved in the community and so involved in being local and being there for you on board with us at Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. So hit us up, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Or you can hit us up the old-fashioned way. Pick up that phone and call us, 405 329 Got a line open for you on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. And, of course, Josh and I, very active on Twitter. I'm at Plank Show. Josh is at Josh on Ref. And everybody should be following us at KREF Sports. Oh, my gosh. I forgot to send Tyler the video before the game yesterday. Dang it. Dang it. I always come. Oh, you're the man, Nick. I always complain about not getting the call to do a Sooners in 60, and then I get the call, and I forget to do it. Fail to deliver. My God. This reminds me of when Kerry Murdoch asked Eddie Radosevich where the Baker Mayfield sign poster was. You realize, I ain't got it, and I was supposed to grab it. Sorry, Tyler. Tyler doesn't listen to us, though. He's literally in his studio slash office basically doing and getting the show ready. So, does an over-the-air apology work, or am I going to have to actually, like, walk in there when I get back tomorrow?
1: <laughs> I, th- I think uh, unless he listens to the podcast, you're going to have to, yeah, have to physically to walk it. He's, he's with the sales folks right now.
0: Ah, okay. Biggest draft storyline in the eyes of Josh Helmer. Um, let, let's keep it sooner-wise. What what really kind of jumped out to you as far as the Oklahoma players uh, specifically, and the fit and where they ended up, what really caught your eye? Caught your eye when it comes to the NFL draft.
1: Well, since we discussed tail end of last week on Friday, Anton Harrison going in the first okay. round, w- won't discuss that. Uh, Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims to Denver, I, I think, is uh, makes sense for everybody, right? Uh, Denver needs to upgrade that offense. So much of it hinges upon, okay, what version of Russell Wilson Are we getting going forward? But I like this for Mims because, hey, you get to play alongside Jerry Judy. I don't know that that Mims' uh, plank for me winds up as this number one wide receiver in the National Football League, but I think he can be a long-time, long-time number two wide receiver and very productive wide receiver in the National Football League. So, man, good for him. Uh, I I like the fit. I think, uh, you know, for a team that's looking to improve offensively, they need they need some pass
0: catchers and he's a he's a great one to add. I liked it too. Well, Let's just let's hit all of them here. Um, do we have what time is it? We got time.
1: We can stretch okay. our legs a bit. It's
0: not it's nine. We can stretch. We can spread our legs. Is that what Toby said? Spread your legs out a little bit. You'll be good to go. Um, I like I like the Mims pick in Denver. In fact, I was listening because uh, I was driving when Mims got drafted, and our buddy Bronco Stephen Thorne texted me and said Mims to Denver. And I was like, I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to pretend like that didn't happen. I'm going to pretend like I didn't get that text. And I kept listening to the broadcast. And then all of a sudden, I think it was – I was listening to the NFL uh, network, uh, our NFL radio, and Pat Kerwin goes, I really like this fit. Marvin Mims just came off the board to Denver. I was like, dang it. I like that fit too. And the only reason I'm down on it is because I'm a Raiders fan – and I'm not one of those dudes that can magically turn off my allegiances. I have tried. We have been through Hades and back with this team over the last decade, but I can't quit them. So I, I was initially upset because I'm like you, Josh. I thought it was a, an absolute perfect fit. Here's here's the other one, though, that I am i don't know how to feel about Wanye Morris to Kansas City. Did they get another Trey Smith where it's a guy that – you know, once he gets in their system, they can plug him in. What do you, What are you looking at? Are you looking at him at right tackle? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right tackle. You plug him in at right tackle, and he becomes that dude. Or, you know, you got to remember, this is. I'm I'm not trying to pick on, Juanee Morris, but I would say that, that was a pretty disappointing first year, right? I mean, that was a guy that came in as a preseason Big 12 all-conference selection, and maybe it shows you how dumb preseason all-conference teams are because he took six snaps. Six. Not in a game. Six the entire season. Six plays he was out on the field. Now, do you then say, hey, he bounced back and he showed us what he could be this year, or do you also wonder, man, he – he had a couple of issues off, away from the football field that later we found out, you know, weren't as bad as they were made to seem at the time. Um, he got hurt and battled that shoulder injury. So I, I think it's in one year. And I was really I told you guys I thought he was going to go a lot higher. I told you that on Friday. No one wants to listen to me. Oh, you know better than a six round pick might be right. But in this case, you uh, in the third round. <laughs> And he went to a team that knows how to draft offensive linemen. I mean, I almost look at this more, Josh, as if Kansas City drafted him, that to me says more about him than anything else. Because Kansas City, you know they're going to do their due diligence. And they're going to find – look how they've drafted on offensive linemen. Look what they've done over the last five years. They might be a little dramatic here, but you correct me if you think I'm wrong, Josh, they might be one of the best teams when it comes to drafting offensive linemen and turning them into starters in the NFL right now. And then, you know, obviously they've developed guys. They, they go make a trade for Orlando Brown Jr. from Baltimore, and they get what they get from him. Unfortunately, they couldn't come to contractual situations, so they've had to move around a little bit on that front. Uh, who's the kid from TCU that they drafted? Unfortunately, he's been a, unable to stay healthy for the last couple of years, but – I mean, listen. All of this pains me to say. You know how much this hurts my soul right now. But in Mims going to Denver and in Morris going to Kansas City, I think they're two really good fits. And regardless of how you feel about the way Wanye played, Josh, when Kansas City drafts you as an O lineman, that's a pretty damn big deal. Lucas Niang. Lucas Niang. Thank you. Thank you. Went and got
1: Juwan Taylor. So that was uh, that was your big free agent tackle acquisition. And then you're hoping you've struck gold here again with Wanye Morris. So, we'll see how it works out. i you know, not going to sit here and say that I think it's just some slam dunk. But right. that, that would be sort of what you would expect out of a third-round selection.
0: Yeah, agreed. And then, you know, we, thanks to Pop, our buddy Jeremy Poplin up in Tulsa, uh, we were talking draft, and he had noticed a lot of buzz around Braden Willis to San Francisco and that he had taken I think it was more than one visit to San Francisco and they were very intrigued by him. And I understand that maybe it was a little bit later than some thought. He didn't get drafted until the thirtieth pick of the seventh round. But that fit is fantastic for Brain Willis and you know, I don't I don't know I don't know if he gets picked if he goes out last year or doesn't come back and have the season that he had. Uh, And then Eric Gray, Eric was expecting to go in the top 60. You guys heard the cut that I played. Ended up going 172, uh, finally in the fifth round. But based on what New York does offensively, he went to the New York Giants. I really like that fit. I mean, I I don't have much to – I mean, the Raiders aren't out here doing stupid S in the draft, so I don't really look at any team and think, what were they doing? Everyone lost their mind about the Lions going – with a running back at 12 and an off ball linebacker and Jack Campbell. But then they turned around and got two guys in the second round that likely should have been first round picks. So even if you're complaining about the lions, they kind of rallied and did well, um, unless you're anti CJ Stroud. I mean, I don't have anything negative to say about any of the team's drafts. And then in that, I don't really have a negative thing to say about where these guys ended up for the Sooners, Josh, even if, it might have been a little bit of a longer wait than they anticipated. I think, I think all five landed in pretty solid spots. How about uh, Eric Gray? Well, I mean, what do you think there? I love it. I love it. You know, they're they're needing someone to take take a little pressure off Saquon Barkley, and I know they've got uh, they've got a couple of other running backs in the mix too. So he's got he's got to make sure he fights to make that roster. But to me. I mean, come on, man. You land with Brian Dayball's offense, and you've already shown some of your versatility. So they've got Saquon Barkley. they got Matt Breida that they brought in from Buffalo. You add Eric Gray to a mix that includes Gary Brightwell and Ja'Shawn Corbin. I don't know, dude. I feel pretty good about the opportunity to maybe be the number two back next year for the New York Giants for Eric Gray. Is that being too optimistic with that depth chart?
1: No, I don't think so. And everybody's always looking for a running back on the cheap. That's
0: right. That's right. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, your, dra- your draft takes, 405-651-3439. That's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Or you can hit us up on the phones, 405-329-9000, the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. All right a lot of undrafted free agent landing spots to update you on. We'll get to those coming up next. Uh I I got to be honest with you. I kind of surprised Justin Broyles to get an opportunity, but we'll see how it pans out for him in Chicago. But we'll give you all the details of those next right here on the ref. All right, Welcome back to the Plank Show. We're on the road at the trails for the Norman Board of Realtors annual golf tournament, and it helps to raise money for the Norman schools and Katrina Heim. Heim or Heims? Heim. Heim. See, yep. that was close. No it joins us. Uh, <laughs> now, you are very much entrenched in helping to, to mold our youth shape shape the minds if you will (laughs) kind of take us through your role with norman public schools
2: yeah so i'm the director of counseling and advocacy i've been in education for a whole lot of years that i won't get into and so um yeah i work with all of our fantastic school counselors and we have probably the best school counselors in the state of oklahoma Um, not probably definitely and um so and work with a lot of families. So everything that we do at Norman Public Schools to support families, to prepare our kids to be the best possible citizens of Norman, Oklahoma, and beyond, um, that's that's what we do in our in our department at Norman schools. So um, we really, really, really love this day and love the Norman Realtors for um, getting out here and having a great time, but while they're doing it, earning money to help our families because it's not always a great time for all of our families no. Norman.
0: No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's as challenging of a time, you and I were talking about it a little bit off the air, as we've ever had. And, I mean, I think just to step back for a moment, I'm old, um, but the people that still made an impact on me, I think, of are like my high school counselors, right? Um, and it is an area that is 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 necessary. It needs more support, and I can imagine Katrina. It's it's not easy to get people to want to jump in and do it, either, right? Now there's a, there's definitely a shortage right now.
2: We have a hard time. You know, luckily we don't have to hire a lot uh, right. because you know we have great people and and great positions here in Norman. But when we do, it it can be difficult to find um, school counselors. Uh, mm-hmm. th- there's a shortage right now, just like there's a shortage with teachers.
0: So uh, a need, right? When we talk about Absolutely. the, the, the realtors, the Norman board realtors out here doing their thing, uh, they're raising money, they're raising awareness, but what's your biggest need Katrina right now? If people are listening and say, Hey, we want to find a way to give back and help because I mean, teachers, counselors, coaches, Spend so much time with your kids that you don't even realize, I think, until they come back in summer and they're always there and they never go anywhere. You're like, wow, your you're, you're teachers are around your kids a lot. What's the biggest need right now you guys have?
2: Well, I think, I mean, there's so many uh, different types of needs. Now, I, I think if we're talking about how people can financially support um, – You know the needs of the school always look local look at your at your neighborhood schools or your high school or middle schools Mm -hmm. um, to just see what what they need um, and how you can help i know teachers are consistently posting about you know uh, projects that they have on donors choose different different avenues as well on how to make things happen in their classrooms because there's not a lot of money there uh, in order to um, do what they want to want to do in the, within their classrooms but then also our our community organizations like like this money that's raised today will come directly to Norm Public Schools and our counselors and our staff work really hard to build relationships with families and so when families um, come on hardship and request you know let our counselors know they don't even request money they just let our staff know that they're having a really hard time, and our counselors are able to step up and say, "Let me, mm. let me see. We have a fund that we can kind of reach into um, that might be able to get you to that next month or get you through this really um, tough time." Uh, one of those things that we had this year was, I mean, we we had a tornado come through here. <laughs> we had a, a, a lot of families that were displaced for amount of time. They lost all their food. They lost all the you know um, a lot, and so. This fund actually helped um, a lot of our Reagan families, uh, Washington Elementary families, and then also if they had older students that went on to our uh, middle schools or, or high schools in order to kind of get through that hump where they were displaced in order to be able to get back into their home or find a new location.
0: You know, I um, I, I sometimes forget that there's a Washington Elementary. Yes. <laughs> because my kids go to Washington. I sat and I had a conversation with somebody and like, yeah, they would have gone to Washington. I'm like, oh, you would have loved it. I'm going through. I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. Now, Washington, Washington Elementary. Elementary. Now you would love that yes. too. I just don't have the first hand information as well. Uh, so parents got to be involved. I mean, you, you've got to you've got to make sure you understand what's going on with your kids. But right now, for you personally, and what you're hearing from your counselors. What What do we need to be aware of right i, I don 't mean to turn this into like a Doctor. Phil segment or anything, and, and, and we only got a couple of minutes, but we talked up the norman board of realtors i 'm a yes. concerned parent, yes. I think we have hundreds of thousands of listeners right now that are concerned parents about you know what 's happening when we 're not around our kids, yeah. but and, and that has nothing to do with the teachers. It has to do with social circles and social media. What do we need to, as parents, be most aware of and really be keeping an eye out for? If you could counsel a parent for oh, a moment man. here.
2: Well, and I think it depends on the the age of your child. However, um, technology, access to to uh, all kinds of things yeah. on technology. I think it was, you know, there, there, I had the luxury of being able to allow my child to play on the computer and and do all types of things without <laughs> me being completely you know supervising that 24-7 and things have just gotten sneaky you know there's a there's a whole lot of paths that and and our kids are smarter than we were mm-hmm. um, I'm speaking I will speak for myself my kids are smarter than I was and so being able to be find ways to get to places that um, I don't understand they're very creative yes so I'm just saying don't think oh but my kids so sweet they won't they won't do that oh yeah they will um where <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody it doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter I mean what it, it's nobody is everybody needs to pay attention to what their kids are doing online um and teach them how to manage and navigate when things aren't necessarily positive online. Um, and then make sure that you're, you know, just paying attention to who they're with and what they're doing. You know, uh, the older they get, obviously, there's a whole lot more access out there sure. to to, to all types of chemicals right now than there used to be. and, um, And so, and it's easy to it's easy to sneak around and so got to really pay attention and then just pay attention to their mental health I mean it's okay to ask for help don't think that and have those hard conversations you got to have hard conversations with your kids you got to have hard conversations with other parents Um, we all recognize it's raising kids is hard right now and we're raising them in a time that we didn't really
0: experience
2: a lot of ourselves and so we have to we have to learn
0: as we go See, I was so scared of my dad. My 14 year old talks to me with zero fear. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Do you know what would have happened if I Uh said it? Anyway, I I appreciate you going deep with this, uh, Katrina. I know the need is always there. Thank you for what you do for our kids. And obviously, we're very uh, grateful for the Norman Board of Realtors here today, too, aren't we? Absolutely this is great. We should do this more often. We should. I feel better about my parenting right now. <laughs> In fact, I'm going home right now to see what's going on. Katrina, thank you so much for coming You're welcome. by. I know no it's a problem. very busy day for you, but Absolutely. that's Ka- uh, Katrina Himes. She's the Director of counsel and Advocacy with Norman Public Schools. Quick break. We're back to wrap hour one next on The Ref. All right. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Am I okay? I had to turn my microphone down there. We were talking trash. So I just did, I wanted to make sure Josh wasn't judging me at all. We good level-wise now? I tend to be a little bit too loud or too quiet here.
1: Sounds good. Go. L- loud and clear. You are uh, you are ripping through the airwaves, my friend.
0: <laughs> OU Architect asks, uh, asks our posts. Is that the term? A great question, query idea. He writes, uh, guys, you want me to make daily site visits for updates on Love's Field? Yes, Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, and it's fine, OU Architect. I know that on the depth chart we're distant to, to Toby and TJ. So if you wanna if you wanna swing by their show and give the update first, I have no problem piggybacking that. Or you can choose one week give it to them first, the next week give it to us first. I will say, and this is the thing that I notice every time I drive by it. It's very large. <laughs> very large. It's huge. I mean, don't get me wrong, Marina Heinz Field is big. and But I, I kind of feel like that, eh, you know, it's not that big. I'm sure it's, you know, if they tear it down or whatever they decide to do with Marina Heinz Field, um, I do think that you'll realize, okay, that's a little bit more land than we thought. But when you – when you take the either drive or walk around the perimeter of what's being built on the quarter of Imhoff and Jenkins, it's pretty amazing. Just the absolute size of it. And the goal and the goal is to be in there by twenty twenty four. Uh listen, I, I owe you undrafted free agent. I see true sooner on hold. Your calls as well at four oh five three two nine nine thousand. It's the plank show.